Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Thriving Wild Golden by way of introduction. My name is Dr. Eno Nsima Obat. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician, a functional health practitioner, certified functional health practitioner by the Institute of Functional Medicine, an award-winning author, and a life coach. The mission of this podcast is designed for that woman of color, the 21st century woman of color over 50 who is looking to thrive into her golden years. The podcast is designed to be casual and conversational, yet informative. I cover a variety of health and wellness tips in addition to sharing some of my personal life experiences. I call that the times when I pull apart the curtain for you to take a peek at some of my personal life life experiences just to to serve as motivation and possibly a transformative experience for you. So welcome again. This is season one. We're still in season one, and this is episode number 13. Today's topic is entitled... Using your biometrics as a simple biohacking tool. Using your biometrics as a simple biohacking tool. Now, first of all, I'm sure you may have heard the word biohacking and, you know, it's 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 kind of a buzz. So let me just define biohacking. And the term was created by... Um, a gentleman by the name Dave Asprey. He's the founder of Bulletproof. And I'll just use his definition because he's one of the first pioneers when it came to, you know, what exactly is biohacking. And it's using science, biology, and self-experimentation to take control of and upgrade your body, mind, and life. So let me repeat that again. Using science, biology, and self-experimentation to take control of and upgrade your body, mind, and life. So I'm going to tie this into biometrics and define exactly what I mean by biometrics. And these are very simple tools. And as I explain them, they're going to make more sense to you. The reason I'm, I'm discussing this is Again, a personal experience I just had a couple of days ago where I'd been on the road and I came home and I I felt I'd been working out and I came home and I got on the scale and began instantly to have an argument with the scale. I literally put the dog on the same scale to make sure that he weighed, you know, what did he weigh? And I knew his weight to be about 14 to 16 pounds. And yeah, the dog weighed 16 pounds and I got on the scale and I'm like, no, I changed the batteries. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I changed the batteries of the scale because I was convinced the scale was telling me the wrong thing. And then I spent the next couple of hours feeling totally victimized. And I had been planning to discuss this um, this particular issue on, on the podcast at some point. And I just felt that this was the appropriate time. Again, laughing at myself because it's like, whoa, here you are. You're talking about biohacking and yet you're feeling victimized by the scale. <laughs> kind of funny when I when I think about it now. But let's go into some details about what I mean by biometrics. So biometrics are simply measurements. They could be any kind of measurements, but in this case, bio referring to your body measurements. So I'm going to go over some of the basic ones that I think are important for us. And then 
give you reasons as to why you want to monitor these. So let's start with the weight thing, right? So a lot of us tend to be not too satisfied with our weight, with our body weight. We may feel we're either too thin, we're too fat, we've gained a few pounds and oh my goodness, there's so much emotion around weight. But using weight as a biometrics and what I had to pull myself back from and say, you know what, this this is giving you information. There's, it's nothing. It's nothing personal. It's just giving you information. So, you want to know what your weight is. And again, let's take the emotions out of it. And then there's a tool called the Body Mass Index, which is a ratio of your weight to your height. And it's a specialized calculator. You can certainly just put in BMI or Body Mass Index calculators online. You can even find some apps and calculate your body mass index. So that is one important biometric using your weight versus your height. And you want to know what your body mass index is. Now, research has shown that once you have a body mass index over 25, so the normal is about 19 to 25. Over 19 to 24, sorry. So over 25 is considered overweight. And once you hit a body mass index of 30, you're in the B's category. And then 30 to 34 is considered mild obesity, 35 to 39, moderate obesity. And over 40 is what we call morbid obesity. So you want to know where you are in that spectrum. The body mass index, if you follow me on my platform Women Living with Diabetes, I have used body mass index to describe how important or how this correlates with your metabolic health. So again, if you have a body mass index over 25, you have one of the risk factors for poor metabolic health. So this is just feedback you're getting. You need to know where you are in order to improve or at least adjust where you are headed. So sticking your head in the ground and saying, I, I hear a lot of people saying, um, oh, I'm just thick, right? That That's a common term. I'm just thick. No, no. We, we need to call a spade a spade, okay? So unless you would convince me that you um, are maybe a professional athlete who has a large muscle mass, and that's because muscle weighs heavier than fat. So unless you're a professional athlete or, you know, you, 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 you've been athletic all your life and you, you know yourself to have, um, <clears throat> to have um, a high muscle mass, the body mass index is one simple tool to use to gauge your metabolic health. So get to know it, get to know your weight and calculate out your body mass index. Now, let's come back to the weight issue, okay? So we we tend to get very emotional with weight. And I know people who take the, you know, weigh themselves every single day. I, I'm not entirely sure that that's really something that I encourage. But I also don't encourage you just not wanting to know your weight or knowing your weight and not doing anything about it. So for me, I weigh myself as a tool to gauge, especially if I've been on the road for a number of days and not been very active 
I, I weigh myself to see where I am, right? I, I don't want to stand on the scale, say, two, three months down the road and find out I've gained 10 pounds and could do nothing about it. So you want to use your weight as an immediate feedback. <clears throat> Sorry, got a cold. So you want to use your, your weight as an immediate feedback. Um, if you've gained weight, is it is it what, what could be contributing to this? So for me, I, I, was, I, I knew that... I had had a very extended long schedule and I really hadn't had a lot of sleep. My sleep had been disrupted because I was working long hours. And one of the reasons for weight gain is things like stress, fluid retention, poor sleep. That can all contribute in addition to, you know, we the, the regular stuff like not eating very well or or not exercising as frequently as you do. If your body is used to a certain amount of exercise and you cut back on that and you still maintain the same amount of food intake, more than likely you're going to gain weight. Also, hormones play a huge role when it comes to weight gain. So again, getting that feedback, knowing where you are, and then making taking measures to course correct. So there are several ways you can adjust your weight. This particular podcast is not designed to go into that. So I took my weight and I knew the things I needed to do for me to bring my weight back down towards my target goal weight. Now, weight is also very important if, again, you know yourself to be obese or overweight, you want to set reasonable targets to lose weight. You don't want to set unreasonable targets. I can't tell you how how upsetting it is to me, especially when I go on social media and, and see people talking about losing 20 pounds in, in, in one week. Goodness, that is so totally unrealistic. You want to set realistic goals when it comes to weight loss or weight maintenance. Now, one important thing to keep in mind is that should you lose the weight, so let's say you lost 20 pounds in a year, and you were on a particular food plan. Remember, I don't like using the word diet. So let's say you're on a particular food plan and had adjusted your calories, that's reduced your calories in order to lose the weight in addition to increasing your physical activity or some of the other, those are the common two variables, right? Remember that when you do lose the weight, you still want to take into consideration the reduced calories caloric intake. Because a lot of reasons people tend to gain back the weight is that they fall off that food plan or that diet and then just go back to eating the way they did before they lost the weight. And so they gain the weight and gain the weight back. So again, if you've reached your target weight, you really want to use, you really want to measure consistently to make sure you're not gaining that weight back so that you can make the adjustments that you need to make to prevent weight gain, okay? Same thing for the other side. If you're underweight and you need to gain weight, it's going to be the same formula. You may want to increase your caloric intake if you're underweight, for instance. Another biometric to consider is the waist circumference. So I've described how to check your weight, um, sorry, check your waist your waist, not your weight, your waist <laughs> in another podcast, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken. But 
check your, your waist, your natural waist. It's midway between the top of the hip and then the lower lower rib cage. So just midway between that, just for some people, it may be a, along their their belly button. For some, it may not, but pretty much it's, it's, it's where you see that natural curve. Wave, um, check your waist circumference. In inches for women, it should be less than 35 inches. Now, there's also a measure called the waist to hip ratio. And this is another measure in what I describe as metabolic health. If your waist to your waist to hip ratio should be less than 0.80. So that's simply taking your waist measurement and also measuring your hips. So your hips is the largest part of your sit bones. So we're measuring around there and dividing the waist by the hips. It should be less than 0.8. Okay. So that's a good and healthy waist to hip ratio. So you know how people tend to be apple shaped. That's a kind of nice shape rather than pear shaped because pear shaped means that you are accumulating more fat in your abdomen. And again, I encourage you to go to my blog because you can learn a lot about insulin resistance and and how this is an inflammatory state and sets you up for diseases like type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and heart disease, and how those three things happen to end up cohabiting together. So waist circumference, less than 35 inches in women. Waist to hip ratio, another biometric to know, less than 0.80. So that's another very important biometric. What you also want to be aware of is your blood pressure. Recent guidelines had changed and what we previously described as normal tensive, normal blood pressure, which was 120 over 80 or less, 120 over 80 millimeters of mercury has actually begun to be defined as prehypertension. So this is one important number that you want to be aware of. You can simply go to a local pharmacy and check your blood pressure. Now, this is what I advise should you, when you're checking your blood pressure, I don't care whether you're checking in the pharmacy or whether you purchase your own blood pressure monitor for home use, whether you borrow from a friend, but be very con- conscious of this. First of all, your blood pressure, the blood pressure cuff should be taken using your left arm, okay? The cuff should should fit snugly. It shouldn't be too, it shouldn't be too tight. So if, if you have a big arm, you may want to get a larger cuff and you need to sit down. I would say rest and take some deep breaths for at least two to three minutes before you t- check your blood pressure. So if you've, be, if you've been running around the house or running around the office or trying to, you know, trying to run into the pharmacy to check your blood pressure, you want to sit and take some deep breaths for up to two to three minutes. Just really relax, sit down, keep both feet firmly on the ground, so don't cross them, and preferably keep your hands also on your lap while you're taking these breaths just to relax. And then you can check your blood pressure. So you want to know your numbers. Again, remember I said 120 over 80 used to be considered normal. It is now considered pre-hypertension. 
So at that level, we would not be recommend. I would certainly not be recommending medications, but I would certainly be recommending making some lifestyle adjustments. And as a functional health practitioner, you can certainly have a conversation with me about what those lifestyle adjustments are. But very simply, diet and exercise. You want to monitor your sodium intake. So keeping your sodium salt intake to less than two grams. Keep in mind, it's salt, just salt and sugar. Those two those two seasonings, <laughs> they're so ubiquitous in our diet, right? So keep in mind that if you tend to eat a lot of canned foods, that there's a whole lot of sodium hidden in these canned foods. So be sure to read the container. Be sure to read the nutrition label about how much sodium. You'll be amazed. And also, if you eat out a lot, you want to also be aware of the fact that Restaurant food and fast food may contain a large amount of sodium. So just sometimes making those simple adjustments, monitoring your sodium intake, increasing your physical activity can help bring your blood pressure down. So that's the next biometric. The last biometric I'd like us to pay attention to is the pulse rate. So a lot of people have Fitbits and so they kind of get an idea about their pulse rate. If your pulse suddenly starts running fast, like you start having a rapid pulse rate, especially if it's associated with symptoms or even if it's not associated with symptoms, you may want to get checked out for what is called atrial fibrillation or even something called sinus tachycardia. You want to get you want to get an idea as to why this is occurring, okay? So atrial fibrillation is one of the common causes of a rapid pulse rate, a rapid irregular pulse rate. And again, Thanks to modern technology, which allows us to, in quotes, biohack very easily, you can easily get an idea about when your pulse rate goes very fast. So you want to know what your your base pulse rate is. What is what is your, your resting heart rate? Get an idea about that. And if your pulse rate is running fast for any reason, even if it's just, you know, irrespective of whether it's atrial fibrillation, usually atrial fibrillation is not the first thing that should come to mind. But the pulse rate gives you an instant feedback about, you know, what could be going on. So if you notice your pulse rate going up, was it because you were running around? Could it be due to stress? Could it be because you're dehydrated? Could it be because you have a headache? So use that biometric as a feedback, you know, what's going on? Why is my pulse rate fast? And if your pulse rate is consistently fast, again, there are there is there are several conditions. So one other condition to keep in mind is that something called a hyperactive thyroid. If your pulse rate is running very fast, it may be that you have a hyperactive thyroid. It may also indicate a heart condition. So you just don't want to, your pulse rate should not, for the most part, be over 90. Okay. If you're consistently running a heart rate over 90, then I think that's something that you need to have a conversation with your healthcare provider. And the other extreme is your heart rate should not be less than 50 unless, again, you're a professional athlete. So, for instance, when people like Michael Jordan were playing in their heydays, they ran heart rates in the 30s. Okay, that's because they were very 
purely conditioned and their heart muscle was well conditioned and it doesn't need to beat that fast. So again, I'm taking out our professional athletes. If there are any professional athletes listening in here and I've mentioned the pulse rate, I've mentioned your BMI, know that you're not the norm. I'm speaking to the norm <laughs> in this conversation. So those are some of the biometrics that you can use to, in quotes, biohack and upgrade your body, mind, and life, right? So biohacking doesn't have to be, you know, putting this special instrument in your eye to measure your iris dime. I mean, that is one of the things that, you know, these biohackers do. But these biometrics that I just mentioned are things that you should become well familiar with before you begin to dabble into the other stuff, okay? Because this is the foundation and these are things that you have control over, that you get an immediate feedback. If you weight, if you gained a couple of pounds in the last week, then you get immediate feedback and you, you get to sit down and figure out what's going on. Now, one of the things I have done very consistently is I have kept a diary um, on an app. I use MyFitnessPal. I'm mentioning this, but I don't get any sponsorship from MyFitnessPal. But I've used MyFitnessPal consistently for, I would say, close to 10 years, if not more. And so I'm able to go back. So sometimes when I freak out, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've gained all this weight. I'm able to go back and see, oh, you know what? Since I started taking my weight 10 years ago, I really haven't I haven't really moved too much. So I, I, I kind of go between... Um, my lowest weight would be about um, 15 pounds lighter than what I am right now. And that was a couple of years ago, but I've, I've kind of stayed stable. So sometimes that gives a good idea as to whether there is anything that you need to be concerned about. Of course, we always aim to continue to improve our bodies. I think we should, we should do that. So even though I'm, I'm saying my lowest weight was 15 pounds in the, in the, 15 pounds lighter in the last, what, 10, 15 years I've, I've, I've used, I've kept a log of my weight. It, it, however, assures me that I'm not too off from the median. I'm not too off from where it was I started 15 years ago. And you can imagine 15 years ago, of course, I was much younger, right? So we tend to gain weight as we get older. But looking back and seeing, oh, in the last 15 years, I really haven't deviated more than two to three pounds from my baseline 15 years ago is reassuring and helps me reset my goals and say, okay, I'm not gaining too much weight, but I my go, my, my ultimate goal is to go back to the 15 pounds I was lighter a couple of years ago. I think that was about four, four years ago, four years ago. And by the same token, I could use the weight just like I, I had, I had shared. And this is something I found out that, you know, the dietary intake, so your caloric intake after you've lost the weight needs to be consistently at the same caloric intake, intake when you were losing the weight and not going back to where you were before, which is a mistake a lot of us make. So just some feedback that your biometrics can provide for you and knowing what your norm is, right? Another another biometric that I, you know, depend on what stage you are, is your temperature. So I, I don't take my temperature, but I think your temperature is another important metric. I, I, I take that back. I do have 
a, a ring. I, I currently use what is called the Aura Ring. And again, I don't get any sponsorship from this. This is just things that I use in my lifestyle. So the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A, is a ring that I use, and it does measure my nocturnal temperature. And I have found that if I am coming down with an illness, that my temperature goes high. So even though I may technically be a febrile, my my nocturnal temperature, my temperature at nighttime goes high. And, and that kind of gives me a feedback like, oh, I may be coming down with something. Maybe I need to rest up. Maybe I shouldn't go hard on the exercise, increase my fluids, get more rest, etc. So this is just an example of how to use your biometrics. But more importantly, you need to understand your biometrics. Know what your norm is, not what your doctor says, what your norm is. So that you can explain to your doctor, hey, you know, even though my blood pressure may be in quotes in normal range, that may be a little high for me because my blood pressure usually runs X, Y, Z. Or even though my pulse rate may be the 80s, I normally run in the 60s. And so that that that's that's unusual for me. So just another topic to consider. Again, the goal of this podcast is what? So that we can age gracefully. So this is arming you with tools to be able to do just that. Would love to hear your feedback again. If there are any topics that you would like to learn more about, feel free to zip me an email at info at drno.com, I-N-F-O at drdoctorreno.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, which I hope you are, we are looking to grow our audience and we would appreciate a review just posted on any platform that you listen to this podcast. And please share this information and share this podcast with at least one friend this week. Until next time, this is Dr. Eno. Signing off with Thrive On, ladies. Goodbye. Hello there, and thank you for listening to Thriving Wild Golden. Health-related information provided through this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, and it should not be used to diagnose or treat health problems. Please be sure to consult with your healthcare provider before instituting any changes.